Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reflection together. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Feel free, as usual, to leave your prayer requests in the comments, and let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord as we prepare very imminently now to celebrate the glorious feast of Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we come into your presence today ready to welcome Christ, the newborn King, ready to welcome Him into our lives, and therefore we repent of our sins. We ask your forgiveness. Ready to welcome Him into our nation as we work to make this country great again. Ready to welcome Him into our church as we call all our fellow believers to hold fast to the faith as it has been handed down to us and to counteract all confusion or efforts to change that faith. And we welcome him into our world, that the dignity of life may be proclaimed and secured everywhere. Father, may we welcome Christ more deeply than ever before, and may we unwrap all of our Christmas presents, all the the word, the sacraments, the graces he gives us. We pray through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, the passage I want to read for you today is from the Gospel of St. Luke. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked upon His lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name. He has mercy on those who fear Him in every generation. He has shown the strength of His arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has come to the help of His servant Israel. For he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. Well, brothers and sisters, as you may well know, though this gospel passage is assigned to the readings today for the masses in the Catholic world, It's actually a prayer that is said each and every day in the Liturgy of the Hours, a special prayer book and and liturgy that both uh, clergy and lay people pray throughout the world. Every single night, this prayer, the Magnificat, is said, My soul magnifies the Lord. You say that in Latin, it's Magnificat. It is a hymn of praise to God, as you heard for all the favors He has done. And it is read here just prior to Christmas because Mary is praising God for the fulfillment of the promise 
of Gabriel, you will conceive and bear a son. You will call him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. This will be through the power of the Holy Spirit. His conception is miraculous because she had no relations with Joseph. She's praising God for the fulfillment of his promise. And in doing so, she's not only talking about and giving thanks for his promise fulfilled in her, she's giving thanks for his promise fulfilled to the world, to the church, to each of us that a Savior has come. She's praising God for Christmas. She's praising the Father for the gift of the Son. She's saying to the Lord, I magnify you. And it echoes and it prefigures the great hymn of praise that you and I will be taking part in on Christmas as we sing hymns of praise to the Lord, welcoming Christ the Savior. And there's one aspect of this great hymn of thanksgiving rising up from the entire body of Christ that I want to focus on. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. Think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't come to kingly palaces when he arrived in the incarnation. He went into the womb of a virgin and then he was laid in a manger and the announcement was made to shepherds. He went to the lowly. You know, in New York, where I was first uh, assigned once I was ordained a priest in 1988, there was a nearby parish. I was on Staten Island and there was a nearby parish that had a living manger. I would go to it every year just before Christmas, living manger. There was a stall, there was the hay, there were the animals. And I just stood there each year just amazed at the lowliness, the poverty. There was the full, the full odor of a, of, a, of, a, of a stable watching these animals and thinking, here's the setting with all the sights, the sounds, the smells, here's the setting, the lowly setting in which God, the Savior, was born. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. His being born in poverty, in simplicity, in lowliness, in the environment of those who are just counted as as meaningless by society, is not just an expression of God's humility. It's an expression of what His mission accomplishes. In the prophecy of Isaiah, prepare ye the way of the Lord, every valley shall be exalted, He will lift us up in our weakness, but every mountain and hill will be made low. He will level our pride, our arrogance, and it's arrogance that is at the center of sin. It's arrogance that is at the center of sin from the beginning. You will be like gods. It is arrogance that that causes the war that breaks out in heaven in Revelation 12. And Michael says he defends the Lord and those who are faithful to him because Michael means who is like God. You can't exalt yourself. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has shown that those who humble themselves will be exalted. And the arrogance of the mighty to think that they can be God, that they can write their own moral code, that they can decide for themselves what's right and what's wrong, is what the incarnation overturns, overcomes, turns inside out. Those who think they can redefine the faith. And we've got many of them running around in clerical attire. You can't redefine the faith. You're not going to adjust the faith. You're not going to change the faith. 
or the moral law of God, or the meaning of human sexuality, life, and marriage. Can't do it, folks. Anybody who tries, anybody just, who just implies that they can, anybody who even skirts up against the edge of trying to give the impression that maybe teachings about human life and sexuality have changed, you are the arrogant ones whom God has cast off your throne. You are the mighty who have been brought down low. Because in the incarnation, in the nativity, in the birth of Jesus Christ, in Christmas, we see the truth of God made visible to everybody. He becomes a baby. Who's more approachable than a baby? God's truth is approachable. God's truth is knowable. We don't need some elite group of theologians telling us what our faith means. We know what our faith means. He's cast down the mighty from their thrones because He, the mightiest of all, has come to the lowliest of all. That's why there's no room in the middle anymore. There's no room for mighty, arrogant people. And their arrogance shows itself in a million ways, and one of the ways it shows itself is in the constant promotion of abortion by the most dangerous, destructive, and misled people in our world, those who are in favor of abortion, those who try to ram it down our throats with constitutional amendments in various states. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. You are arrogant, evil, uh, people who are slapping God in the face all the time. Christmas brings you down. Those, those I'm talking not to you, our viewing audience, but to those who are arrogant in pushing abortion. He has cast you down from your thrones. You have no truth. You have no place in the moral framework set forth by God. And you have no influence. You may think you have influence. You don't. Your efforts come to nothing. You're promoting abortion. Your efforts come to nothing because they mean nothing. They are a rebellion against God, and He doesn't allow that to stand. He doesn't. He doesn't allow it to stand. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. You notice right the, the verse right before that, scattered the proud in their conceit. Scattered the proud in their conceit, cast down the mighty from their thrones, saying very much the same thing. Don't seek earthly power. Seek union with the one born in the manger, born in the stable. Seek union with the one who says that freedom and fulfillment and power come from our union with the will of God, our joyful obedience to His commandments, to His decrees to proclaim and to celebrate and to welcome and to choose life. Submission to His will is our freedom. This is the message. This is the joy we celebrate at Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, born in lowly and humble circumstances, make us humble enough to embrace your will, your teachings, your truths, your way of life. Fill us with that life as now we bring to you all our needs, all our prayers, those prayers that have been expressed, those that remain in our hearts. Lord God, stoop down once again to us. 
and lift us up by answering all our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for being born for us and for leading us to salvation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, today we have the uh, antiphon. I just want to chant this, and uh, it is, um, during these days, customary to invoke Jesus under a different title each day. And I want to conclude our time of prayer with this. But if you take these ancient antiphons and you take the first letter of them and they go right through tomorrow, and then you, 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 um, you read the first letters of each one of them in reverse, in Latin it says, arrow cross. Tomorrow I will be here. And the one for today is O King of the Nations. Um, the meaning of it in English, King of the Nations and their desire, cornerstone, who makes the two one, who reconciles Jews and Gentiles. Come and save humanity whom you formed from the earth. O Rex Gentium, et desideratus earum, lapisque angularis, qui facis utraque unum, veni et salvandu, salva ominem, quem delimo formasti. Well, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and uh, we're going to have, I'll be traveling and uh, broadcasting um, uh, elsewhere in the next couple of days, and I'll be with uh, family uh, in New York. I do want to, um, therefore, wish you a good weekend. I'll be back with the uh, regular broadcasts on Wednesday, the 27th, when I return here to our uh, Priest for Life office. And meanwhile, keep, uh, keep tuned into my social media, of course, at FR Frank Pavone, because I'll be doing postings all through these Christmas days, and we'll be with you in, uh, in that way. And then we'll resume our regular programs on the 27th. Blessed Christmas. I'll be thinking about and praying for all of you, and uh, let's uh, connect there on the social media platforms. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.